Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Jim Winner's Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Stone. Over there is John Fairbanks. How's it going, John? It is going swimmingly, Tyler. Wonderful. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. Is that, is that adverb use? I have no idea. L is an adverb. Listen, I took <laughs> I took my I took junior high school English twice, so I'm pretty much an expert. Got it on lock. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's fair. I, I attended 80% of the classes and failed it the first time. Who thought? Um. Anyway, so I'm real good with the basics, I guess. With the words. Yeah, real good with the words. Guys, we're going to talk about just some general fitness trends again today. Every once in a while, we'd like to get an update on some things that are going on, some current events in the industry, and kind of some trends that we see is interesting. And before we start, make sure you're following the show at the Gym Owners Podcast. Follow me at Tyler F. and Stone. Follow John over there at JBanksFL. And you can go to the Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group. Link is in the description there. And go to GymOwnersRevolution.com. If you're looking to work with us directly, help us work. Have us help you work on your gym, within your gym, for your gym, and build your gym into something real special. So get to GymOwnersRevolution.com. Let's get to the show, huh? Let's do it. So I was listening to just filling John in about this yesterday. I was listening to the Theo Vaughn Dana White podcast. It was Theo Vaughn's podcast, and 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 Dana White was the guest. Dana White's always an interesting fellow, so I thought it'd be it'd be worth checking out. Yeah. Partway through in there, they threw some fucking serious shade at a big, huge fitness juggernaut. And so what happened is Theo Vaughn had had RFK Jr. on in the past and as well as I think recently, like I think pre-COVID, maybe during COVID, and then maybe I think recently. And way before his presidential. Anything. Way before any of this stuff. So it wasn't even necessarily political. It was, well, I think, but anyway, what they did was they had him on and these, these episodes were on for years. And then all of a sudden they all got pulled from YouTube. And people's first thought was, well, YouTube maybe pulled it because YouTube okay. tends to do some big pharma jock riding shit where it's like, you know, as a person who said anything about, you know, maybe, maybe a fit person should not be forced via government action to take a vaccine that they maybe don't want to take, or maybe the business is between them and their doctor and not the fucking government. Um, and having content flagged, having content pulled on YouTube, like that was the norm in 2020, 2021. It was pretty fucking common. But it just barely got pulled. Like, they got pulled relatively recently. Very recently. As yeah. soon as, essentially, he started announcing some sort of political thing, right? Yeah, that he was yeah. maybe going to run for president. And and anyway, Theo Vaughn said that he got pressure from sponsors. It was sponsors that came out. And specifically one Not sponsor Google. that came out and said, you got to get rid of those episodes. You got to pull them. And he did. He acquiesced because the money. But he publicly talked about it. On the Dana White episode... They said it was uh, it was Peloton, which, by the way, to me, the craziest thing about this is I don't know Peloton's numbers, but I, aside from like how much money they make, but it was around the time they're going to be going public. And they literally said, they're like, this could ruin us sponsoring some weird guy's podcast where he has a guest where they're just talking freely about stuff. By the way, like these people have been friends for almost a decade, friends in addiction recovery and lots of other things. Like, yeah, this is a conversation amongst friends on a platform that I'm sorry, I don't believe that people who don't like Theo Vaughn or people who hate RFK Jr. are going to watch it for an hour. So who, no. some years old thing, who gives a fuck? 
But yeah. for Peloton to come in and say, you force somebody to remove it, this is what happens when these brands get too big for their britches and they start playing games. You start playing with fake business money. This is what this is. Once mm -hmm. you go public, your business is, quote, real business. But it's fake fucking business at this point. Yeah. None of it's real. You're just intaking a fuckload of money and you're like, oh, what do we have to do with it? We have to turn it into more money for our people. But no longer is it just money in, services out. There's way too much investment coming in off the top and it's all about perception and trust or lack of it. So for them, when I look at just, if they weren't a publicly traded company, because this is now about what, just public policy at this point, what their complaint is, it can't be about selling fucking Pelotons because I believe fully that I, I'm bothered by the fact that I have defended the brand amongst the, there's a lot of people in the real fitness and coaching space that like want to shit on Peloton. Sure. Well, you got to see this big crash. Like I get it, but they did a really good job with the product that they have. They did a really good job building content behind it. And I believe truly a sort short, a sort short of maybe the price point being a bit high. Yeah. I believe there's no race or creed or religion or, political delineations that, that are involved in who is and who is not buying Peloton. But that's what's most infuriating, right? Is that like this issue right now that you're about to raise has nothing to do with like the actual business. It's no. all to do with stock price. Yeah. And yeah. And, yeah, and it's just like articles. public price. It's like if you mm -hmm. idiots would have not taken the money, don't take the money you go once you go public you're just owned by fucking idiots and fake business and fake money and like if you don't take that money your shit all makes sense and you can sell stuff to everybody and you can mm -hmm. just keep doing it and somehow they it's the yeah the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil these fucking idiots now they got to take a stance they got to pull things they now have to draw a line which at the end it's going to cost their ability to sell fucking bikes it's going to, it's going to, now that this is, so when Dana White found out on the show, he was like, yeah. well, who was it? Who was it? And he said, Peloton. He's like, really? Fuck Peloton. And they started looking up the guy and you're like, this dork lives right in San Francisco. Like the CEO, look at him. He looks like that type of guy looks. And <laughs> they went even further and he said, do we have Pelotons? And Dana White called his guy at the UFC HQ at all the UFC gyms and said, do we have Pelotons in our thing? And he said, yeah. And he said, get rid of them like, right now. Get them out of there. We're done. We'll never use them again. Absolutely never. It's it's it. And by the way, that will go far. Mm -hmm. Because like, even if RFK was spouting some fucking nonsense, like, dude, I promise Theo Vaughn's weirder than RFK. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? So I don't understand them needing, them thinking like they need to establish their stance on this thing. When you could have just shut the fuck up. Nobody's listening to any episode that's four years old, five years old, unless you're trying to make a hatchet piece. Which at that point, you're just in the wrong business if as a sponsor of a show five years, if they want to go at RFK Jr., they go at RFK Jr. They go mm -hmm. right at him for the things he said. So like, why are you involving yourself in it? It is purely political and it's, it's bullshit. And this has to either be left or right politics, right? Assuming left or left or right politics regarding his run for presidents and yep. his potential run for president or, and, or, because I do believe these things go hand in hand. I've fucking crazy pro pharma policy yeah right which at this point is the underlying right is clearly the underlying foundation of team government anyway team right? government doesn't it's matter really what it is not left right yeah. whatever pro yeah pro war fake business this is exactly. that's the, the the trifecta of the american current system and 
it's really crazy for me for them to get involved in this because God, it just don't, if they were not, had not leveled up to that point, you can do really fucking good business. But I promise you, there's really good, smart people out there who feel really duped by what the media had done with all the COVID stuff and really, really duped about the forceful nature of what government had kind of done. I've told this story on other shows before, but you know, my wife worked for a company that is, I would describe as absolute fucking hot garbage in Pepsi. Okay. I will say that out loud on this podcast. And if you're a person who advocates public health, uh, fuck Pepsi fully, fuck them to death. Pepsi fucking sucks, man. Yeah. And the problem is what they come out is like during COVID, during the stuff in the very beginning, they said, you have to get vaccinated or you will be fired. Megan's the only fit person there. Also the only female that worked in there. They're forcing her to wear a mask in the warehouse when she's the only person there. By herself. And she said no. And they're threatening to fire her. She said, you have to get, HR had talked to her multiple times saying, you need to give us proof of your vaccination by this date. Because there was the big, they were going to enforce that whole bullshit. And I, I told her, I said, force them to. Make them fire you and we will sue them. Well, guess what? everybody else in that in that office took it they took it lying down and they were scared i don't want to lose my job and they go get poked good bad or indifferent doesn't matter it's forcefulness right. the forcefulness of it is is, is that's where i have a big problem right correct and nobody stood up for the only female there nobody stood up for the fact that she's the only person there that's fit or generally healthy and that she could make her own fucking decisions all these people by the way are truly facilitating the distribution of diabetes in this fucking country absolutely fully and this especially here man it's crazy our pop aisle is robust okay and and to go that far and then right at the very end when it came to be this pushed us to shove guess what supreme court comes on says oh it's actually unconstitutional i can't do it well you can't unvaccinate all those fucking men who bent over and took it lying down you can't do yeah. that it was and, and and when pepsi takes a stance like that you go i get on team fuck pepsi pretty intensely yeah Right. And for a for a brand to do the same deal, there was some, some shooting and they send out they used to send out actually on the vaccine thing. They would send out memos to all of their employees because you got to treat it. It's just like having a captive audience. It's just like your email list. Of course, we're going to try to move the political needle as a business. They sent out emails and actually we got postcards in the mail, a le- an envelope full of postcards for us to send out to family and friends. You're kidding. And it, said, it said, please send this to any of your family and friends who aren't vaccinated. And it said, we would love to be, th- by the way, this was like way, especially here. Nobody was doing COVID lockdown shit here. Yeah. This was way after. And they're like, make sure you send this to any of your unvaccinated family and friends. And it said, like, we'd really love to be able to see you in person again. So please, <laughs> please, please, for the sake of whatever, whatever, please get vaccinated. I wish I would have saved these because I want to use them bad. They did the same thing. After some school shooting, they come up and they solicit all of their employees saying, here's a link. You need to go and like click this thing and petition for fucking to, gun for gun control. Oh, my God. So all these companies that are, once you level up to go public and you start playing fake business, you're not playing real business. You're barely playing any business. You're just playing politics. But That's there all are. But there are companies, yes, it's all politics, but there are companies that are not going to bend the knee that are going to be publicly traded. And that's what's so interesting is to bend the knee. And we're calling out, you're calling out like big pharma. And then, but you just gave an example of like the gun lobby. What's interesting too, is when you saw, and this is where it's, it's bending the knee to the mob, right? So no matter how you emotionally feel about our 
Tyler's stance or my stance on vaccination or whatever. It's only, it's like, it's mob induced, mob forced action. Like that's mainly what we're really, really calling out. And and what's interesting is too, is remember when the woke mob came for uh, racist brands? Yeah. The woke mob came for racist brands and like Aunt Jemima had to change the name. What's interesting is the woke mob only cared about getting Aunt Jemima's name changed, but we still kept it with artificial coloring, sugary fake bullshit that's absolutely driving people's health lower and lower. So it's this idea where it's like, well, oh, that's one step too far. Like the idea is why would we're just going to fix the wrapping paper because that's really all that matters. We don't actually care about anybody's health. Yeah. And I think. And I think that is that is the thing is these are symbolic gestures. Exactly. Surely. And it is only so and a lot of times I think it's someone just casting up flares like fuck get off my case. Fuck get off my case. Somebody finds out that you sponsored a show that had RFK Jr. on it talking about whatever. Like I don't think he was calling fucking Sandy Hook fake or anything. Like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's probably just a pretty reasonable conversation about his understanding of things as he knows. With a comedian. So who fucking cares? I just have a hard time pretending to care about anything being said on that taken seriously enough for it to move the needle. But then they they have to, they got to cast flares. They got to cast up. These are countermeasures to say, here, we've done it. Please, please, please leave us alone. You know, like I haven't really heard your support of of Israel or Palestine yet. Uh, What is it? Your silence speaks volumes. It's like, fuck off and fuck you. Like don't you, you won't force anybody to, that idea that these large once you get so big that you have to be involved in this is wrong and it will end these companies it really will the average peloton user now that i know i know a handful of people who have got into peloton since the pandemic and they stick with it they really yeah. do and it, it's their thing and they weren't going to go to the gym and lift weight they're just not the type of people but they do this what peloton this is weird that i'm gonna take this as an opportunity to speak highly of their product because what they've done is somehow made using technology when they have a big ticket product. They've also built a community aspect, a digital community aspect into it, while also being a semi-coached product that's focused on really building up personalities and coaches. Like, I don't know much about it, but you see there's like superstars, coaches that run their programs. People love going in on their programs, high energy shit. And it's fun. And people like really like doing their stuff. And, and I think it's a very verse. It's, it's just cycling. Now they do have some other things now that they're kind of into, but, but stick with their base product. It's a very compelling and interesting and novel strategy that was not used in the on the ground brick and mortar fitness space before. And I think it was exceptional for the people that use it now. Mm-hmm. I can tell you for sure, them taking some crazy stance like this, I think I would be willing to bet that one or more of the people that I know that are using the Peloton stuff will get rid of them over this type of bullshit. Absolutely. I think I think absolutely will. Because I know how they feel about this issue as well. And they're like, yo, fuck you. Like, absolutely, fuck you. What's interesting, too, is like the same <laughs> – having to choose a side or feeling the idea that you have to choose a side that is where immediately we get into all these issues that we're seeing yeah. and um i remember michael jordan in the last dance right another documentary sure. it was on netflix so right he caught a bunch of fucking heat back in the day for not siding with like what was it rodney king or something like that wasn't yeah. like becoming a civil rights leader 
and he addresses it head on in the documentary. And he just was like, at that point, he goes and still to this day, he goes, Republicans or Democrats, blacks or whites, they all buy shoes. <laughs> so he's yeah. like, he made a very, very, and no matter how you feel about that, from a business standpoint, especially in this day and age, to just say, we're not in the fucking Israel-Palestine business. We're in the shoe-making business. <clears throat> yeah. And the best part is, of course, is like as you as you learn more, like oh, they also might have been made by sweatshops. It's like yeah, perfect, yeah, right? Like it's it's I, you know what we make. And I do think that every politically divisive issue now, currently, is and and any controversy at this point now, because things are drawn along a lot of these ideologies, you're forced into hypocrisy. Whatever you believe, if you believe anything universally on one side or another, I promise you you are absolutely upside down on your logic on probably like one out of every three issues in compared to other issues that you're in on. And I think that's the point. I think the point is to make everybody just purely hypocritical fucking zombies where you're like, and eh, nobody has a real foundation of anything they're standing on. It makes everyone stupid and easy to manipulate. The problem is though, is this with your products now, you're going to lose it out. And for you guys as a gym owner, what does this have any relevance to? Who are your people and what's the thing? Don't fucking pander. We've seen the South Park thing that I think was really just tremendous on the MCU mm -hmm. stuff. Is don't yep. play those games. Stay and this isn't this isn't the fitness equivalent equivalent of saying just just play basketball, just bounce the ball. You know what I mean? It's it's not that. This is like, what do you really do? Do you help people? Okay, can you please make your shit about that? Jesus right. Christ. And if you got pet projects, wonderful, and you want to support things, you can go for it. But know that it, some of these things may one cost you a lot if you want to draw some hard line in the sand and what is your impact is that your impact then you're in the wrong business go start something else and go go pursue that thing but if you wonder why your gym isn't working out and you like are really alienating half the people in your target market then that's kind of on you you know and you got to own it like it may be why if you are going to draw hard lines cuz that is the piece that's ultimately missing and it is missing where don't forget, like Peloton had an opportunity to be a fitness product to be able to make people healthier when in the last several years, trying to have people exercise more in order to get healthier so that they aren't as impacted health wise by viruses or bacteria or whatever it may be was the last thing, if not at all ever talked about. Yeah. So in the fitness industry, like you, whether you want to be or not, you are the tip of the spear of alternative thinking. And it doesn't yeah. matter where you are. So you like it's you own that whether you are anti-vax, pro-vax, it doesn't matter. But as soon as you start to find yourself, for me, it always has been, and this is like, it does come down to like your personal preference, but it's like as soon as everyone is walking the exact same direction as you, or you have allowed you the direction that you are about to walk to be influenced by everybody else that you're in, that's the time to really look around and be like, ah, am I fucking this up? I might be fucking this up. I think we might need to be looking at this differently because otherwise you are going to have Coke machines and Pepsi machines inside your gym because they give you a great deal and they pay for whatever the fuck. Like it's like, ah, and I, I do think too that if you are, what, this is a maybe good point. What hills do you want to die on? Yeah. As a, as a gym. What is it? I'll tell you this. The one I'm willing to die on with the gym as a fitness professional is if the government's telling me to close my business, they can go fuck themselves. 
purely now. I'll, I, I will be a come close me type situation now. If you're like, you just can't be open because of some public health thing that we've decided to amplify. That now, I at this at this point, if you took the last one lying down, I advise all of you not to. Because once you give this up now, it'll cost you another year, two years of doing business, first off, which may break you anyways. Um, it should cost you your fucking pride and you know your your actual soul, in my opinion, just taking that lying down, especially if you don't believe in it. Um, but yeah, I think absolutely. And, and by the way, if, if you survive that bit, they throw you enough money, keep the lights on. And then they, they graciously let you open a year or two later, you know, maybe with some restrictions, they'll come in and check on you. Um, but if you allow that, if you, if everybody takes that lying down the next time you won't survive and it will happen more frequently, your business won't handle it. So, so I believe for, for me, uh, yeah, ain't nobody telling me when I can't coach and who I can't be around. It's between me and my clients and nobody else. So go fuck yourself, purely. Um, the the other thing is there are, I think there's some issues maybe like, you know, philosophically regarding maybe like nutrition and health that you got to take a hard stance on as well. So being on team fuck Pepsi, I'm kind of with it across the board, right? But I do think there is some of that stuff where I think you... It's, it's okay to take a stance. It's okay to draw a hard line, but it needs to be in defense of your business and your clients and their health. That's it. And what did Peloton do? They protected their business, but not at all. Their clients it had nothing to do with their clients, nothing. It was only their investors. And the moment your business is not, again, what is the centerpiece of our business models, John? It is 100% built on the success of your clients. Exactly. Get making money while giving them the best chance to succeed and giving them choices. Okay. Now, once you involve fucking full on, like, like large scale public investment, those are your customers. And now you got to deal with, oh, well, the, the media powers that be that need to manipulate this one issue are going to start scraping everybody that's ever said something like this. So you better acquiesce lest your investors start to lose confidence. And now you have less money. It's a game that I don't think any of us are really at risk of playing. But but I do right. think there's a principle that's worth extracting out of that, which is like, you know, be about your people's success and get yourself out of the way. Because I do think that thing is putting yourself first. That's putting your own opinions and your own thing in front of your client's likelihood of success, the things that are going to make them successful. Because I promise if you're just out there helping people become fit and really delivering results, the road will be laid out in front of you pretty easily. You'll be able to become successful. Maybe not be Peloton successful, but like, but they abandoned their user mm -hmm. over this. And that's a big, big, big problem. Yeah. I, I want to touch, awesome I want to touch on a large, on another issue here. Another large scale issue is, uh, the impact that weight loss drugs like Ozempic and oh yeah ones, um, there's like predictions that because they're able to be prescribed pretty freely now for this stuff, and there's a lot of people who are overweight and, and that they do work, they do really curb your appetite and slow your digestion to the point where you're just eating less, is that it actually is going to cause a pretty major hit to like the grocery industry. Well, how industry. wild is that for like the yeah. American, like for Americans, the amount of food that like, like it's, it's what did I next see level. Too? Like, I'm, I'm probably not gonna be able to pull this up in time, but one of the things that I had seen was, was like, uh, have the article maybe i don't have the article one of the things that i had seen was pretty nuts they were talking about how um like the food it was also like specific types of food and not the good ones you know what i mean yeah. like, oh, everything in, in the aisles 
Yeah, like, like, oh, sure. man, ice cream sales are going to go way down. It's like, no, oh, no, that's okay. But again, what a there's an interest. There's there's a snotty take that I've seen a lot of fitness professionals take. My my actual initial impression, I was compelled to feel this way about Ozempic was, and by the way, I, I'm gonna I'm, I will add this as a caveat to the end. My initial impression was, just do it. Just fucking eat. Just eat. Eat right. Just figure it out. Blah 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 blah. The problem is when it comes to medical weight loss is, you know what? Getting the weight off is First. is Carrying that weight for an extra year, two, three, five, ten is far worse than the side effects of this medication. However, we don't really know the long-term side effects also, of also this true. medication. And if the other thing we don't know, if you have the long-term side effects of this medication sorted, do you then know what happens if you come off it? I'm a, I, my big thing is the same thing with the constant boosters with the vaccination stuff. And as, as I feel with this, as I feel with kind of like taking people having people take trt i take trt i have some clients that take trt but the issue right. is once you're on something you have to stay on it mm-hmm. or else there are the side effects coming off it or worse so you have to understand that picture and do most people know that that is the picture no if a doctor is prescribing you something with no plan of you ever being off it ever again then you do need to take that seriously that's all i'm yeah. saying so you can't just go great weight loss pill take weight loss and i don't believe it's probably being done like that fully i don't because i don't think it's being prescribed all willy-nilly if it was i just think that i'd see more people losing weight um but there are <laughs> side effects to it and and, and it, if it's a true weight loss pill like jesus christ everybody be looking great now but there are some side effects to it that are you know can be of consequence but that was my initial impression was, oh, these guys just seem to be doing it right. Just learn to eat. But one of the coach, one of our gear Academy coaches, Dylan had posted a pretty interesting take on it, which I, I agree with. It's yeah. like, you'll see a bunch of guys who are like taking testosterone and steroids, like somehow taking the high road here, which is like, which is like, just do it. Just, you gotta, you gotta eat right and lift weights and work out. I was like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? And by the way, you're able to do it now as a fit person. What if it, they, a person needs to get the hundred pounds off? And that does make, by the way, it does make working out a little easier. It does make showing at the gym, it makes working out. You feel a little better. You're not carrying around a bunch of bullshit, wellness, fitness. It's addictive. You're also you more getting more of it. And there's the psychology part too of weight loss, yeah. which is totally fucked, right? Like it's just mentally of like, I never see the scale go down to where like all of a sudden now you actually five, 10, 15 pounds, like the placebo effect of that type of weight loss mentally is like, all right, I'm happier today because the scale went down, whether, however you feel about it, like that's real. Yeah. As much as, as much as I see coaches and fitness professionals try to, oh, it's not just a scale. You, you know, you're probably gaining muscles. Like what seems like a big cope for the fact that you're not getting people, the results that they're getting with this fucking weight loss drug, right? Yeah. People are just putting on slabs of muscle. I don't believe that this is a crystal meth level of weight loss drug. You know what I mean? I don't believe it's like, it's like that. I am a bit, I I would not take it simply because like digestion is something in the pace with which it really alarms me. I do. I do think that it's important to maybe preserve that, that I don't want to mess that up irreparably. Yeah. Um, Also like, I like to have a few cocktails and I heard it's like, you got to like overpower with Ozempic, if you're going to get a buzz on and then it just hammers you. Yeah. So I don't, I'm, I'm not playing that. Cause it messes the way your liver processes things and everything. I already play that game hard enough now. Yeah. yeah. What do I got to, I got to, <laughs> I got to put the hammer down any further. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, thanks. <laughs> um, 
so I, but with that, I think that there's a, there's a larger conversation that I've been seeing on the internet, aside from the grocery thing is what, what impact is this actually going to have on exercise, gyms, mm -hmm. fitness professionals, personal trainers. Um, and a lot of people were saying initially that like, well, geez, it's going to be less compelling to go to the gym because you're going to just be able to take your little injection and, and the weight's going to come right off. Weight's yeah. going to come right off. Um, and while there's probably some truth to that, that single concept, that idea that someone can lose weight, therefore they will not go without going to the gym, therefore they won't go to the gym, misses out on something we talk about a lot, which is someone's lifetime fitness journey. Mm -hmm. okay? And someone's lifetime fitness journey, there's things that you will have wanted to do if you're 100 pounds overweight, 50 pounds overweight, 60, 70, 80 pounds overweight. There's also a way that you're going to want to look. And simply wasting down without nothing underneath is not that good. There's a way that, by the way, you've seen some of the Ozempic weight loss people. It's 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 true, just universal low calorie weight loss without enough protein, without building a lot of muscle. It's you know you get a little bit where you look a little bit like a cancer patient kind of. Mm -hmm. And so so if you don't have any good tissue, like it's important to build good tissue. The nice thing is, is this will give someone the momentum encouragement and a better physical feeling not carrying around all that extra weight to to be more active so i think i think that's short-sighted to think that if a bunch of people are losing weight with these things that they're not going to want to look better and that and that and that being lighter and feeling better doesn't give you make you more likely to take better care of yourself wins are contagious and wins are addictive and progress is addictive i think i think it's I think that is a thing that people cannot, I cannot, I cannot state that enough because it's a thing that regular coaches, fitness coaches miss a lot. They, they miss that a ton when someone comes in and they say, I want to lose the weight. And you start making all their stuff about movement quality. And you're like, all right, dork. Like I came in to lose 20 pounds and I don't care about these exercises that you're in love with or how important the deadlift is to your particular training method. Don't rearrange goals for people. And I yeah. do think that fitness coaches who rearrange goals for people is just really a way for them because they can't get results. They move the goalpost. That's it. I can't <laughs> yeah. get results. I, you won't listen to me. You don't trust me. I'm not, I can't push you hard enough or I can't get you to make the food changes. So I'm going to say, oh, well, but you, let's talk about your imbalances. Let's make this about your imbalances. It's like gaslighting somebody. Oh, yeah. I want to lose weight. Well, the real problem is you and your shoulder because you have daddy issues or whatever fucking whatever guru shit that every person who reads the body keeps the score or some breathing nonsense fucking gets into that stuff. And they go, I'm going to make all my stuff about that because I can't help people lose weight. Well, thank God there's a fucking pharmaceutical intervention now that these people can choose to take because it's <laughs> like these people can't help you fucking lose weight. The guru thing is a cancer on the fitness industry because you're not getting people fit you're giving people a distraction and this will get them there they'll get them going it'll get them the confidence and then they can go to people like that and when they hear this they're like dude i want to be jack dude i don't i'm a fucking no i got the weight off i want my next thing and once you have enough confidence you won't be led by some silly like guru coach you're gonna go i've got these results now i want these results well let's let's redirect those no no, I'll go to somebody else then because fuck off. Or or I also think it empowers them to do things by themselves because confidence is contagious. The confidence is going to lead them further and further and further forward. The guru shit is even worse because if you prey upon people that already were nervous, 
They already were having a hard time coming. And then what you do is you introduce them to weightlifting or exercise or fitnessing or coming to a gym regularly. And you expose them to your weird bullshit and the weirdest stuff that we're seeing out there right now. It's then you have just done something way worse. You've just confused this person that thinks that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're going to a gym. They got a coach. Fuck. They got a personal trainer. And all this personal trainer is doing weird jerk talking off Reiki stuff. Talking about breathing. And they're not. And guess what? Come on. Come on. They're still, right? They're still not hitting those goals. Yeah. So then it becomes, well, shit. Like if I, I'm still kind of like, I get it. I feel better when I'm with him because he makes me feel better about myself. But then when they're alone and they're looking in the mirror and they're stepping on the scale, it still makes them fucking sad. And yeah. that means that they have been unsuccessful. They actually put money forward and they were unsuccessful. Therefore they're a failure. It's like you almost are allowing these people to dig themselves right. deeper down. Well, and it also, it also is resources put towards training and exercise that does not get, that's, that just isn't getting where they wanted to be. And the problem is, is then where are they going to go next? They, you can sour them on the thing and then the slide, the quit comes next. And so that stuff is an absolute cancer. I don't believe there's anything wrong, by the way, with that type of information and using those things as coaching tools. I use breathing techniques. I use understanding of how the body works at large. I use, I understand human psychology. I've coached people for a lot of years. The difference is, is I fucking get people physical results. And if you cannot deliver like physical appearance results, can't deliver the superficial results. I hate to break to you. All the fucking manufactured wins that you invent on their behalf are not going to do that much for them. And nor is it going to help your business when every other person in their life goes, this idiot's been going to the gym for two years and he's fatter than he was before. And now he just talks like a fucking dork. Get him out of there, dude. So so that stuff is a problem. There's, um, but I, there's, I, I think that though on the – go ahead, John. Go ahead. Well, there's an important piece to this as well, which is on the information side – Again, like you said, not creating those fake goals or fake targets for people to now get because you can't get them those results. But I think it's really important for us as like fitness professionals, we have to continue to correct, like overcorrect this notion that going to the gym and lifting weights or doing any type of training that helps someone get stronger is somehow tied to weight loss. Like for me, yeah. it's when you really look, if we're talking about like 99% of humanity, they need to lose weight and they need to become less of a fall risk. Yeah. Like my dad is in his fifties, maybe early sixties. If he trips at all, he's eating shit. Yeah. He is going to fall. He's going to hit the ground. Like I've seen it and it shocks me. But where I'm like, whoa, what just happened? Like, there was no ability. Like, yo, you're bad as hell at this. Dude. <laughs> like, you're, like, you're, like you, you, it's like, it's that that fall in ten years from now will put him in the ground permanently. Yeah, and that is very, very real because anyone that we see out there that hasn't played sports since they were in high school and have let themselves go and they work a factory job or they drive a delivery truck or whatever and they continue to get more and more pear like their ability to keep themselves upright, to protect themselves if they do fall, like all of those strength balance basics. And I'm ignoring our 55 plus population. Yeah. I'm still talking about like a fucking 40 year old that has the body and means to protect themselves as a 55 plus year old. 
But that is where strength, I mean, for me, it's always been, as you hear anyone talk about anything when it comes, and we all know this, this is what's so fucking insane, is anyone that's been doing this long enough, we all know how important it is to build muscle young and maintain it for as long as you physically can. It's the fountain of youth, Tyler. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that. Well, and on the other side of it is also your overall size, though, is like like strength is strength, right? And it does you don't have to be enormous, but the amount of fat you carry is a big fucking problem, right? I was, I was actually having a conversation with the gym owner and one of his clients the other day, and the subject came up is like, these guys are both in shape, they're both relatively lean, carry a decent amount of muscle, um, not a ton of body fat on either of them. And but they're both saying they went to the doctor. The doctor said, according to the BMI, you're in the obese category or whatever. And I don't like when people use that as they take it as an insult because people they're just you're just wrong. And I don't believe a doctor is telling you at that moment when you are probably fitter than the doctor, you are obese. I think that literally you're seeing it on the thing and it's getting you're like, oh Jesus says I'm in the obese. Like nobody's telling you, well, you better shed these pounds. However, BMI is used as a basically a population-wide statistical risk category. That's it. It's a it's a death risk, fucking illness risk. And BMI is pretty goddamn accurate in that regard, by the way. So as if a guy is six foot three, 220 pounds, and has abs, this is very likely that they're gonna be still on the high end because mass is mass. And I know there is factors in it that, that, that account for height. But mm-hmm. the issue is BMI is still going to be high. Why? Because that is a large body. Okay. It's body math. That is a large yeah. body compared to someone who's 5'8", 165 pounds. Okay. They are probably still, no matter what you say, statistically across the board, equally at risk as somebody with nearly that same category of BMI who is fat and shorter. It's, it's just the truth for heart problems and things like this. And, I, and this is what I always tell people. How many people do you see? <laughs> yep. At our, right, so right now, I, like I'm six foot six. I'm about 295. I carry a lot of muscle. I'm athletic. I, I work out a lot. Um, but how many people do you see my size that are 80 years old? None. Never one. Not even one. Big dogs. Um, the, now, now, this is the other. How many? 70. Not very many. How many? 60. 50, very few, very, very, very few. Now let's let's remove the size, overall size and muscle and build and stuff. Let's go. How many people, John, do you know that are 80 years old that are six foot seven? You ever seen one? I don't know that I have. Bill Walton, maybe, right? It's, like those it, guys, like the NBA Bill Walton guys. I had a urinal in San Diego one time. It's my claim to fame. Didn't Kareem, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, like some of those guys, guys, right? Do you know? But but six foot seven. Even ha- like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like just a little tall, even my height, six, six. How many people do you see? 70 years old. I, mm. So, I so, the so Netherlands, when I guess. people start shitting on body, on BMI as a whole, it's like, yeah, but you're still going to die young because you're big. So that is the risk. It is a mortality risk calculation. Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean nobody's calling you fat, sweetheart. And I, and so when coaches start <laughs> typing up about that, it's like, it's like, or saying like, they're just, it's, that's not what that metric is for. So guys like me, we're not going to live forever, but we're going to, I'm going to try and look jacked until I do until I, till it ends. But like, but that is, that is what that metric is for. So you're coaching for something different. Now, in regards to coaching for longevity, there's a interesting thing that I had seen the other day and I talked about it on another show, but is longevity wise. 
and, and talking about what do you stand for? Like, what do you really stand for? You, I saw Jelly Roll on Joe Rogan. Yeah. You happen to see that episode? I did. I, it was a great interview. I, like don't, I don't listen to that type of music at all. I've, I've still never heard one of his songs. It's just not the type of music I'm going to listen to. I, I won't even attempt it. I don't care. I'm in the South. I've heard it yeah. funny. Oh, and I'm here, and there's lots of people here that are huge Jelly Roll. I think he's played in this state a couple times, and people made trips across the states to go see him. And sure, wonderful. sure. Um, that person inspires lots of people to take care of themselves. He's been, I think, I think clean and sober for 10 or 15 years, something like that. You know, had a bunch of trouble growing up. It's, it's a great transformation story, addicted to drugs and crime and all this stuff. And it's, mm -hmm. and it's, and I think his music and I think his message is all probably very fantastic for those people. I have nothing bad to say about him as a person, but if you're going to stand for that stuff, if you're going to stand for people like you got to be there for your family and you got to be positive and you got to take care of what is the difference between doing a bunch of drugs and dying and being away from your family? Then essentially what I can see is force feeding yourself into fucking oblivion and dying young. Yeah. Like 400 pounds, 400 plus like dudes, enormous and built in a weird ass way where you're not eating as a guy who's eaten a lot of food <laughs> in his day, like I, I've also been overweight before any of this. So like, I know what that's like. And I, I can tell you for sure that man isn't eating any on a daily basis, multiple times a day. That is some Brendan Fraser in the movie whale type well, yeah. fucking feeding frenzies that is going on. I promise you, he's not just grabbing a bite here or there and going out and changing people's lives. There is some real intense dysfunction going on there and for a person like that this isn't me shitting on him. this is me telling people out there like this is hold him accountable for his message mm -hmm. hold him accountable to because by the way if you're impact if you're that impactful and can give that positive of an impact you can inspire lots of people to actually take care of themselves instead of symbolically taking care of themselves or by the way doing just the bare minimum because i'm sure him drinking and doing drugs there wouldn't be much left very quickly, right? There would be no music, no friends, no inspiration. Or so I get it. You got that base covered. Yeah, which is a big base. You're not doing this intense, the the acute harm, right? Yeah. This is triage. Solve that problem. Now, sir, and all of the people, if you know, by the way, and if you know anybody who's like a Jelly Roll fan and supporters, you feel inspired by him, I think you should probably hold him accountable. Like you need to fucking not because because then you have all these people that think that getting your life together is like being a little nicer to people around you and being friendly and being hopeful and then fucking leaving your children without parents because you're just going to fucking eat your stupid ass to death. It's crazy. I just think that that's nuts. And to treat that like it's not any other thing is, I think, very disingenuous. And just like the Peloton things, like, what are you actually standing for? Does it matter? And what he stands for matters, I think. Oh, yeah. They've got to really be about it. And, and it has to be a part. If he's not trying to figure that out, then he's an absolute fucking fraud. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's a fraud. I just think there needs to be a lack of acceptance for it, not fat shame. You, need, you can care somebody and compel, care for somebody and compel them to take action. And those are the types of trends, though. Can you care for somebody and in caring and hoping and loving for somebody, get them to change their actions, to lose weight, to change the way they eat, to eliminate that dysfunction? It can happen. 
that's your job as a coach. It's your hopefully should be your goal as a fucking gym owner. Exactly. So as a as people out there, if you're fans of of this person and you want the inspiration and all that stuff, that is a probably greater impact or of equal impact if they could see him actually take care of himself instead of just like, hey, I put down the needle in the bottle and like, okay, I'm alive now and I'm making money. Great. You got all the money in the world now and people adore you and somehow you can't beat fucking Domino's pizza. Yeah. That's fucking sad, dude. Like of all the things you've overcome, you're going to lose the fight to fucking Doritos. And it gets, isn't fat shaming. This is, mm-hmm. this is an appreciation for the impact that he has. And if it is not allowed to continue and grow and really go the distance, if you do not carry that ball across the fucking finish line, you have fucked up completely. That's my speech on a musician that I don't listen to. But I think, but I think the principle of it is really solid because it really is that person, whether there you have people that you know right in your own communities that do good that make an impact. Tyler, if we're not the ones, right? Gym owners and people that we call, like if you listen to this podcast and you tolerate our bullshit for any amount of your time of the day, it's, you know how we continue to call and push people forward where it's, you are to be leaders in your community and use your gyms to be those centers of leadership and, and, be the the voice of reason because if we're not the ones that are talking to people about what they're eating, how they're eating, how they're carrying themselves, how they're trying to work towards anything that's positive when it comes to how they look and how they feel and how active they can be in the community, who the fuck else is Yeah, like it's, it is on us. So using that exact example of jelly roll, it's, we all know people that are in the community that, are very influential and are in a terrible way physically. Mm-hmm. Where yes. it's like, you yes. know what I mean? Like we all know those people where it's like, God, they, they do so much good. It's like, all right, then you have a short list of individuals that you can start to be around and influence for good because it'll allow them to do amazing things longer and better. Because the fact is, is if they were a hundred pounds less, how much more energy could they have? How much more good could they do? But they are dealing with demons that typically they're dealing with them on their own. There is zero way that a person who carries 200 extra pounds on their body in fat is happier, more productive, feels better, has more energy than that same person if they got it off their body. It's, it's, it's absolute bullshit. So, so to, to be like, yeah, that person needs to have it together because now the stakes are higher, by the way, if you're just worried about, if he's just worried about his general well-being, like, I don't want to be back in the clink and I can't be, you know, messing around with drugs and doing stuff. Yeah, obviously objective a take care of that for (laughs) sure. But now the stakes are fucking high. Correct. So is this about money? You can keep doing this and you can keep making the money. But for, this is why I, I bring the subject up so often recently is that it's not about the, all the money for him. It's about the reach. The thing that he likes is the impact and the hopeful and the inspiration Oh shit. Then fucking be about it because you don't get to be kind of inspiring in one little piece. There's nothing I like less than a someone's like a real 
specialist and there was somebody talking about what was it i think it was a mental health type thing and it was like really profound like philosophical stuff and the person was physically fucking fucked up dude like not to sound mean but this person can't probably move like 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 yeah. crazy overweight and cr- and built like a like weird man like like strange to where like the, listen you have created some entirely crazy other issues while your information may be correct my willingness to listen to anything you have to say even about mental health or how people should think i'm going to ignore it because i don't think you know how a person should think about this because you haven't seen it all the way through to the end mm-hmm. you just don't know you're just not doing it and i think that they're also because we have done business with lots of different gym owners over the years and lots and lots of coaches there are several coaches that i can think of on the, the top of my head that we've worked with who are people that work with clients that are, is a personal trainer that should be trying to assist those people in losing weight and getting healthier and getting stronger and helping those people achieve what goals they have while they look like fucking melted ice cream and getting worse. That's the worst part. Yeah. And, I, and, and by the way, we talked about the guru stuff earlier. And when you get too hard, lean too hard into the information side, of fitness information the information side of training the right way versus wrong way or the mental side of this oftentimes i'd say more than more than 75 percent, three out of every four coaches that really go deep into that stuff it's a distraction from their needs their own needs to actually train hard and then they project that distraction onto their own clients and then they just have a gym full of people that ain't getting anything accomplished that's what happens when I, well, that's what I see. And I see we John, we've worked with a lot of these coaches over the years and, and you just see them, they look worse every year than they did the next before the year before. Mm-hmm. And and it's like, great. You're smarter now. I, I don't fucking know what good that does you or any of your people. Cause you're not making changes and making changes and being consistent with those changes is the difference maker when it comes to fitness, wellness, and health, especially weight loss. So a lot of times people just go, I don't want to work hard anymore. I don't want to just be about that. Let's, let me make my training sessions very thoughtful and methodic and detailed. Just, you know, I move really well right now. Well, you will until you keep packing on the pounds and then you're going to move like shit and you're going to start all over again. So I don't fucking know what the point of any of this is. And it comes again from the perspective of if you're going to do good, right? If this is about client success and about truly trying to change your communities, then you don't get I don't know. For me, it's always like you don't get to check out no. early. Like if for that, and that's and that's like for me, it really does come down to this idea where it's like you do not get to create people that are dependent upon you, that are better because of you, and then look to you to be a leader and to be able to make a difference. And that you don't get to just check out like an asshole. If you've got kids, you've got to take care of yourself. If you want to bring kids in the world, you need to start to get your shit together. And I don't know, that's where for me, it just becomes very, very black and white where it just is. Are you still being an asshole? Yes or no. And then do something about that. And that, and it's crossed the gamut, but that's where it is. You do. We just don't have enough people that kind of, I don't know, own that and are willing to, to shoulder that burden. If you're going to try and be great. But if you are, you want to get, you actually want to be about that life and you actually want to help people. 
let's help you carry the ball across the finish line. That's the most important part. Like you got started, you got the business thing, you got things rolling. You're trying to figure this all out. You're just trying to figure this all out. You got to work on your own training, your own this, your own family, your income. The problem is this is all of your stuff. If you're a gym owner, especially this is your your whole shit all rolled into one. This is how you feed your family. This is how you, most people get to work and then go work out. Well, yours is now kind of all mashed together and your understanding of it all is kind of mashed together. It all lives in the same place. It all takes up the same space in your day. I get it. It's difficult to sort through. So if you want somebody to help you take it from where you have it now to all the way across the finish line, to where you're actually helping people, we're really able to deliver, get in the Gear Academy. Link is in the description. We have the Gym Owners Revolution is um, down below. Go to gymownersrevolution.com if you want us to work with you directly. Follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Tyler F. and Stone, Tyler E.F.F. I. and Stone, and John. You can follow me at jbanksfl on Instagram. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll probably put these jelly roll clips out there. So if you see it, send it to them, tag them. Let them know somebody cares. We love you. Yeah.